and I, you know, I complained to my doctor about how long it's taking me to get over this. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause you know, I did the full week of, uh, antibiotics. I swear to God, Paul, I swear to God, one more doctor starts a conversation with me with, well, now that you're over 50, I'm going to punch him in the goddamn throat. <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek, our favorite frontier. are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. This is Paul. And welcome to another exciting edition, this time a, a, a double-sized issue of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. I feel like we're setting people up for disappointment when you say exciting edition to start off the podcast. Oh, no, it's exciting because, you know, number one, they get my, my sexy sick voice because I'm getting over my upper respiratory infection. So they get, they get extra sonorous, Aaron. <laughs> it's like I'm spinning the smooth jazz hits. I know you got uh, <laughs> you guys have Demi Moore, uh, Aaron, going on for uh, for this morning's podcast. Spinning your smooth jazz favorites here on 105, only smooth jazz. <laughs> <laughs> or with <laughs> podcast gold when we talk about yeah. Star Trek, because there has been quite a bit of Star Trek news this week, and we didn't record last week, uh, so we have two episodes of Star Trek Picard to catch up on. We are going to sma- smush into. Yeah, we're going to jam it all into this very right. tight tight up i mean we i feel like we're already off the rails um we are but but it's gonna be it's gonna be much tighter from here that's right that's right um so a little star trek adjacent uh anybody who follows my instagram feed might have noticed that i was listening to the roots uh audiobook you know the novel by alex haley that was a miniseries back in the 70s and i think it's a miniseries again now uh but I connected to it because I saw that it is narrated by uh, uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine's very own Captain Sisko, Mr. Avery Brooks. Oh, wow. And uh, I have always wanted to read Roots, but I've always been intimidated by how, you know, what having seen the, mini, the original miniseries, I knew how just what a beating this book was going to be uh, in terms of just bad things happening to your main characters all the way throughout the book. Um, and, you know, and it's over 900 pages long. And, and so I've never found myself in, in, a, in, a, in a position that I was like really ready to, to jump into that. And when I saw that it was read by Avery Brooks, I was like, damn it, I'll do it. You know, so I, I downloaded it from audible.com who does not sponsor this show, but we'd love it if you did. Um, it's a terrific book, Paul. Um, it, it is, it is soul crushing chapter to chapter to chapter. Um, you know, because you, you, you spend a lot of time learning who Kunta Kinte is, uh, Alex Haley's, uh, uh, ancestor. Um, 
and you know what a noble place he comes from. But I mean, just in the first you know thirty minutes of of listening to this uh, audio novel, um, I learned things about the African culture that I never knew before. And you know, I, the whole time I'm like, you know, it seems like you know, as a product of the American public school system, that some of this should have been taught to me at some point. And uh, I, none of that, I, I, from a, a, a liberal arts college education, uh, public schools on down, I've never learned any of this culture uh, that I, I just, I found fascinating. In fact, I was, I would stop the book and I'd go and research online going, well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. It's, it's, it's really a fascinating listen. And Avery Brooks is perfect. I mean, you completely lose Avery Brooks. I'm sorry about that. Uh, you completely lose Avery Brooks in the, in his performance. He really uh, has a, a terrific knack for voices. I've never heard him narrate something before, and I thought he was amazing uh, in this book. Uh, I, I, I again, I, I really very much enjoyed it, even though it is until the very end. The end has a much more positive ending, but you spend a lot of time with characters that you adore, who are just abused and abused and abused. But it, it is a really, really great book, and I was surprised at how much was changed from the original miniseries uh, to for the original miniseries from the book. Um, and I, I know that's just cause that's not how they told stories back then, but uh, I, it, it is not the same story that you got on the television show. Anyway, hmm. Star Trek adjacent Avery Brooks narrating roots by Alex Haley. Find it on audible.com. It's a fantastic listen. Interesting. Well, I mean that, that is, that has multiple connections to Star Trek, you know, yeah. besides Le- LeVar Burton. LeVar played Burton. Kinte. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, random side note, uh, you know, Avery Brooks got his, well, I shouldn't say got his start, but one of his most famous roles is Hawk. And yeah, Spencer for Hire. Did you know that they are doing a, a Spencer reboot movie? No. Yes, it, it is. Is Avery Brooks going to be in it? No, sadly. Uh, but maybe as a maybe as a cameo or something. I don't know. That'd be great. Um, but it, it features Mark Wahlberg as Spencer and Winston Duke as Hawk. Which Let me just tell you. I like me some Mark Wahlberg, but he's no Robert Urich. No. I'm just saying. But I, I think Winston Duke is, is great casting. Uh, he's M- I'm not sure I know who Winston Duke is. He is M'Baku from Black Panther. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. As well as uh, the, one of the lead characters from Us. Hmm. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. I know you're talking about. Yeah. So I think I think you know I'm I'm, I'm actually kind of looking forward to it. It looks like a fun little action movie. Uh, Netflix March sixth. Uh, we're not sponsored by Netflix, but we sure would like to be. Yeah. Netflix.com. Audible.com. Give us a call nine seven two seven six three five nine zero three. We'd be happy to talk to you. Yeah. Oh, same with Mark Wahlberg. Mark. <laughs> call me we, we could be an, an officially sponsored mark mark Wahlberg podcast i will talk about mark Wahlberg all the time all right well i could have changed my view on mark Wahlberg and robert urich uh, <laughs> yeah. price is right <laughs> i can be bought we're just going to remove that from the podcast from future episodes <laughs> <laughs> that's right so i very much enjoyed that uh what i did not enjoy this week oh all, snap is some of the news that uh we heard about our our star trek Yes, apparently. Well, and so we don't we – sh- we shouldn't say news. Some of the rumors that have um, gotten out earlier this week around – I, I don't even want to say gotten out because we don't know if they're true. 
Uh, well, it was on 4chan, Paul. It has to be true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, some of them are very, you know, um, confirmed by inside sources, blah, 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 Is that Star Trek is a disaster right now at CBS All Access and that um, there is no plan for a Picard season two, despite the news that there will be a Picard season two. In addition, uh, Star- there is no Section 31 series. Star Trek Discovery season three will be its last and there is nothing planned beyond Star Trek Discovery Season 3, um, except I think the, they did say the animated series because that's already funded and in production. Yeah. Um, so I got to tell you, I think all of that that they said was bullshit. I Everything that I have seen shows that Star Trek is just humming along, that Star Trek Picard has been very well received. One of the things the article said was that, you know, Star Trek Picard's a disaster. CBS All Access is a disaster, you know, that everyone's uh, heads on the chopping blocks because nothing is performing the way they thought it would. Um, and, I, and I just I, I think I think the the comments about uh, fan reception and the popularity uh, for Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard is just not true. It's not what I'm seeing in, in social media. It's not what I'm seeing online. Uh, it seems like Star Trek Picard is huge. It seems like fans uh, love it, and uh, fans have loved and continue to love Star Trek Discovery. I think the content is safe and secure and being well-received. There were elements of the article that I agree with, though. Uh, one of the things that, that the article said is that CBS All Access will be folded into a larger Viacom streaming service. And I think that makes all the sense in the world. Agreed. Um, I think I think that the content currently on CBS All Access, with the exception of the Star Trek properties, is garbage. There is nothing on CBS All Access, as far as I'm concerned, that's worth watching that's not Star Trek related. And I cannot imagine that unless you're a fan like myself and Paul, that you would continue to pay for uh, the this subscription service that has so little of quality on it. When there are so many other better streaming services out there. Um, so I absolutely agree with that. I think that it makes all the sense in the world that now that CBS and Viacom have sorted out their differences and they're joining their houses together once again, it makes all the sense in the world to have a Paramount channel or whatever streaming service that brings all that stuff under one under one house. The, the, the television, the film, the whole schmear, they'll have a terrific book of content that will make their streaming service worthwhile. Yeah, you know, I mean, we're, we're getting into the, for anyone who knows me knows that I've signed up for too many of these stupid streaming services already. Um, and we, we've, we've already reached, for me, and this is someone who's frivolous with his... <laughs> <laughs> with his spending, I've already reached maximum capacity that I have yeah. streaming services. And there are things that are genuinely interesting to me. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Quibi. Um, it is a, a new what stream. The hell is Quibi? Quibi is a new streaming service that has a lot of backing <laughs> on it. It's got um, it's got a show for Eldris Elba, Liam Hemsworth. I mean, these are different shows. Liam Hemsworth is on one. Um, Dave Franco's on one. Kevin Hart is producing content exclusive to it. Uh, but the the content or the context of Quibi is that the episodes are ten minutes long, ten minute bite size entertainment. Um, you know, that's appealing to the kids who have short attention spans. I, but I looked it up. I'm like, well, how much can it possibly be? And it's like seven ninety nine a month. And I'm like, no, I, I, I you know, they're they're at they're, yeah. they're already adding up to more than I'm I want to pay than the yeah. than the content I'm getting. And I, I'm certainly not paying eight dollars for essentially the equivalent of YouTube, right? Yeah. Um. So uh, 
I feel like I'm, I'm already struggling with HBO Max. I probably won't commit to any, to anything on HBO Max unless they get some brilliant-looking Green Lantern show that I can't pass up or uh, they release the Snyder Cut. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, HBO Max is my, is my uh, ticket to cutting cable. Yeah. And that's what I'm waiting for because it's got, it's got enough of the cable channels that I watch – that would be a cheaper avenue for me to receive than continuing to, to have my cable. So once and, and you know it's supposed to launch in March, and I think it's launching in May. Uh, once that happens, I'm cutting cable and I'm going to HBO Max. Yeah. It's just you know none of these have enough content, and, and to a certain extent, Disney Plus. As much as I love Disney Plus, I pretty much it is very unlikely I will turn on anything on Disney Plus until Mandalorian season two comes out. Well, you got all the new Marvel content will come out soon. Oh, that's true. That's true. I think there is a show coming out in August is the Scarlet Witch. Captain America and um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And isn't that due out this year? Yeah. I think that is also later this year. Yeah. So, but you know, you know, the problem is, is these, the streaming services launch without a lot of content. Yeah. And I mean, now, you know, Disney, of course, has its backlog. I mean, it's backlog, it's back catalog of, of content. So, I mean, if you're a kid, and, you know, you want to watch all that Disney content. You've got a fuck ton of stuff there to watch. And I think I think if you're someone with children, that's a no-brainer for you. You know, like my, my nephew, who's got two little kids, makes all the sense in the world for him to have Disney+. Plus. Um, but if you're talking about it as a source for new, mature, uh, you know, grown-up prog- programming, it's not a good source just yet. No, I agree. But, you know, I think one of the things that helps with Disney+, Plus is that they had that deal. Where you could get three years of Disney Plus for 120 bucks or something like that, right? And that's what I did. And so now I don't have to worry about paying for it, and I got the free year through the Verizon, so I don't even have to think about it for four years. Yeah. Um, I think that is a model that works for me because mm-hmm. um, I just that that's honestly why I signed up for Hulu is because I got I got a deal Boy, for like two dollars a month for a year. I hate Hulu. I, I do hate too. Hulu. I do too. God, but yeah. Jen watches it um, yeah. because it's got some of the shows that she likes. But well, I, 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 there's nothing on it that's worth a damn. For I was me. about to cut it, and Suzanne said, "Oh no, I'm watching something. I forget what she told me it was." But yeah, you know, I'm like, okay, I guess we'll hold on to it for that show. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so I, we, we we digress. This is this is our yeah. tight episode, by the way. Uh, That's right. Yeah, we're, we should be done by now. <laughs> really, uh, that was the plan. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, there was one other thing they said in the article, Paul, yes. and that was that merchandising hasn't been what they thought it would be for the Star Trek shows. And I have to say I agree with them there. But I don't know who's to blame there. I don't think that's the fans to blame. And that's that's one thing that I, I think, think that's that's the that's the joint that's the issue over rights. I think that's to yeah. blame. Well, and let me say, as a fan and as as a as a as a huge fucking geek, um, I am constantly looking for Star Trek stuff to buy. That 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 I don't ever tell my wife that. You know, thank God she doesn't listen to our podcasts. But I am constantly looking for Star Trek things. I loves me some Star Trek. And if I can have more Star Trek things in my life, I'm going to be happy with that. And there is pitifully little Star Trek uh, merchandise out there for these new uh, products. Yeah, I mean, I got all excited when McFarlane Toys got the license. And they sh- I don't know if yeah. they shit the bed or what happened there. Um, I know that they had an argument with CBS about the uh, phaser that they were producing. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and, and it feels like... I. I it, the tone of it seemed like, well, fuck it, we won't make a phaser then. Yeah, that, that's what happened. But they also yeah. only ever produced the Picard and Kirk figures, and, and, and that Kirk was figures. it. 
Yeah. There's nothing for discovery. I mean, the closest things you can find for discovery is apparel. You can find shirts. Yeah, you can find apparel. You can find your little Section 31, you know, badge. But it's very little. There's, you know, as far as figure stature, is there even a freaking discovery ship model out there i don't even know there is if you buy a buy it as a hallmark or ornament right um, uh but there's not like to my knowledge there's not like a toy out there there is like i think the eagle moss folks have done one yeah but again there's not a playmates toy and you know we're talking hearts and minds here star trek people you've got you've got to make toys for the kiddos so that they will grow up to be great big Star Trek geeks and will buy whatever's passing for a streaming service 20 years from now. Well, I think it the problem is that the, 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 the current Star Trek that's being produced isn't for the kiddos. And we'll talk about oh, this here in a I, minute. Yeah, and I, and I think that's true. I think that that is part of the problem is that you don't have, uh, you know, preteens and teenagers, by and large, tuning in to watch Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. Those are really skewed to an older audience. Yeah. I agree with you. But they're, they they are coming out with the animated series, and they need to have some stuff there for that. You know, they 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 need to have some toys, Paul. That's all I'm saying. They need to have some toys. You know, we we had all kinds of great stuff for Next Generation. There are all kinds of action figures, um, and they had all kinds of stuff for the original series. They just don't have that for this. Did it lose you, Paul? And they just can't seem to. Sorry, and they just can't seem to get it straight. Like I don't. I don't it, it's clearly. A rights issue should not be that hard, but it shouldn't be that hard. They've got to figure something out. Um, yeah. Well, and you yeah. would have thought that before they they went to production on any of these shows that this would have been something they solved. Yeah. Well, and you know they because toys, even nostalgic toys, you get play because I, I think play, playmates may no longer be around as a company, but if you can get someone with rights to those um, molds mm-hmm. and you release special edition action figures, that shit sells. Yeah. You know, here's well, the same the- figure you bought for four ninety nine. 30 years ago, but now we're going to charge you twenty four ninety nine, and it's going to be in the exact same box and you're going to buy it because now it's nostalgia. That, that's one of, the things, one of the things I think that Star Trek and CBS are doing really well right now is cross promoting their content. Yes. And so, you know, we're going to talk about uh, episode four before we finish here today, where uh, Jerry Ryan appears as seven of nine spoilers. Uh, and, in their social media feed, they said, hey, if you want to know more about who Seven of Nine is, check out these episodes from Star Trek Voyager. And they've got it in their social media, and they tell you where to where to find them. And I'm like, that's brilliant. This is what they should be doing. It's what they should have been doing in Star Trek Discovery. It's like they only figured out cross-promotion with Star Trek Picard. Because they, they weren't doing well, near as good a job. Well, I think to a certain extent that's true. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I mean, I do. I, I think that, that they... There are things they could have said in Star Trek Discovery. Hey, you know, if you like X, if you like the Mirror Universe, see the first appearance of the Mirror Universe in the original series episode, uh, Mirror, Mirror. You know, I mean, they could have done things like that. They did not. And I'm thrilled that they're doing it now. So they're a little late to the game, but I think it's great that they're doing it. And they need to do more things like that. And that includes merchandising. Yeah. Merch, merch, merch. Well, before we get into this, the, the last two episodes of Star Trek Picard... Um, we are recording this on February 16th. It's a couple days after Valentine's Day. Uh, there was a very special Star Trek Valentine's Day comic released last week. And I, I believe someone on this podcast, but I'm not pointing fingers, <laughs> wasted their money on that. Oh, man, it was great. Uh, <laughs> you Star lie. Trek, 
I, I am not lying. This 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 may have been my favorite issue out of the Year Five books, and I really oh enjoyed the Year Five books. It was fantastic. First off, let me say, Paul, I sent you a Valentine's Day card uh, this year, and nothing, nothing from you. Oh, nothing. Well, I haven't checked the mail, so maybe it's not there. Oh, well, no, I mean, no, I, I sent it. I, I sent it virtually through our Instagram feed. Oh, did you not get mine? I did not receive one from you, Paul. Oh, um, just saying. You know, I I, I have uh, plighted to you my troth, and uh, you know nothing, hmm. nothing. Just saying. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Star Trek Year Five. It's all awkward. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Star Trek Year Five uh, Valentine's Day Special: Captains of Sea and War by Paul Cornell, with art by Christopher Jones. Tells the story of a love that we've never known uh, between Captain Picard and another captain in Starfleet. And that's all I'm going to say. But I'm going to say that it starts from uh, the original series days and runs all the way through uh, uh, to, like, the Undiscovered Country era. And I I loved this book. Paul Cornell did a beautiful job writing this book. He clearly understands Captain Kirk. I hated that this was not something we saw on screen because it was a perfect Star Trek story. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm not going to spoil anything about it other than to say it's terrific. If you love Captain Kirk, if you love the original series, you will love this book. Paul Cornell, he used to write... Legion of Superheroes. Ah, okay. Yeah, isn't he, isn't he an old DC guy? I think so. I remember... Uh, well, I know he wrote Doctor Who... Um... His name was really big for a while. Uh, Wolverine. Yeah, he did. A, he's done a bunch of comic work. I want to say. He oh, he had a run Legion. on Action Comics for a while, actually. Yes, yeah. with Pete Woods. Yes, I remember that. Okay, okay. Yeah. I just needed a little refresher. Okay. All right, I'm refreshed. Am I, am I, I, maybe I'm uh, he, conflating him with another Paul. He might not be the Legion guy that I was thinking of. Not all Pauls are the same. He is. Just putting that out there. Are you sure? Uh, it seems likely. I think if you flip them on their back. <laughs> well, I mean, yes, we all do the same thing, but I don't know that we're all okay. the same person. <laughs> yeah, he's not the Legion of Superheroes guy I was thinking of. But he was, I, I didn't, I'm not familiar with his Doctor Who work, but he was fantastic on this book. Really very good. Okay. Highly recommended. Okay. So, anyway, I'm not trying to sell you on this, Paul. Oh, don't worry. I'm not. Because I know it's not. It's no. It's no. I know that it's not a thing for you. My cold dead heart doesn't read Valentine's Day comics. Well, I I was surprised at how good it was. I actually thought that it was going to be a very tongue in cheek sort of book. I did not feel, did not think that it was going to be as uh, uh, romantic as it was. But it was. I mean, it was it was a it was a sweet story. I very much enjoyed it. All right. Well, so. positive review from Aaron. Yeah. Look at that. Hmm. <coughs> so. Yes, sir. Episode three of uh, of uh, Star Trek Picard, which I believe is called "The End Is the Beginning." Yeah, I, I believe so. Uh, it is. It, it is the third part of our, our three part, really opening story for Star Trek Picard. Yeah, and and once again we open up in the past, uh, where you know Picard is is there at Starfleet. And has learned that, uh, you know, 
the Starfleet folks, you know, are saying, oh, you know, we're not going to be able to do this whole rescue the Romulans thing now that the synths have all fucked up our shit. You know, we, we, they, they blew up Utopia Planitia. We lost the fleet, can't do it. So we see him walking out of his meeting from, from uh, Starfleet headquarters where Rafi, who we met in episode two, is sitting out there and, and she, she's like, yeah, but you told him that we had all these other ships that we could use and that, you know, we might, we might be a little tight, but we could, we could get it done with those ships. And he's like, yeah, but then they said, then, and she goes, yeah, but then they hit you with personal. And we said that we could get, you know, the the uh, the uh, reserve duty folks. And, and he's like, yeah, yeah, they didn't go for that either. And so I told him that, uh, you know what? You either do what I need you to do or you can have my resignation. And they took his resignation. Yeah. And uh, that that is where we get, you know, you know, uh, 14 years later, you know, uh, sad and lonely, washed up, has been uh, Admiral Picard. Uh, so, you know, and, and, you know, Rafi is let down by, uh, Picard and that's why she's living out in her trailer home at Vasquez rocks, uh, smoking snake weed, snake weed, Paul. It's a thing. <laughs> well, have you been to your snake weed dispensary? I, we don't, it, it, I'm in Virginia. We don't have dispensaries. <laughs> no snake weed dispensaries no. in Virginia. No, you have to go up to DC for that. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's all pasties on your uh, strippers there too. Isn't it? Correct. Yeah, sorry, Paul. It's the worst. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that's why Vas- that's why she lives on Vasquez Rock, so she can have quick access to snake weed. I don't know that and that's why she does, but she. I, th- I think that's why. I, I think it is a. I think I don't know that that's the reason, but it is certainly a contributing factor. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but you know, I was having a conversation with some of our friends on Twitter. Uh, uh, you know, Sardell and and uh, Neil Dalton and others about. Uh, the the we're seeing a lot of money being referenced, you know, economies being referenced in Star Trek Picard. And, you know, we certainly see that Rafi is referencing some of that, that, you know, she's lost everything. Uh, and, you know, the first thing I thought when we see her home there on Vasquez Rocks, I'm like, man, that is so fucking cool. And she's talking about it like it's kind of a trash heap. Yeah, like like I'm living in a, in, in you know a trailer. Park. Yeah, if you ever once uh, they show the inside of that thing, I was like, oh, well, that's kind of a nice. Why why are you complaining about that place? Yeah, I, I really. I, mean, I live you know, there. We've always known the 24th and 23rd centuries to be a post scarcity future, right? Where I mean, and so many times in Star Trek, they don't use money anymore, and it se- money seems to be a thing, and we hear more about that elsewhere in this episode and in episode four. Uh, that money is a thing. And I wonder, it hasn't been addressed, but I wonder if the synths attack on Utopia Planitia and the loss of the Romulan homeworld, if somehow the galactic economy has been affected, where the Federation is more highly valuing the economy. I mean, I, it just it's, it's such a different tone than what we saw in Next Generation and the original series, Deep Space Nine, all of those. I just I wonder about that. It's possible. So, uh, you know, Rafi is, uh, you know, clearly somebody who has been, uh, you know, abusing the snake weed, which, you know, apparently is 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 harmful, perhaps uh, more so than perhaps marijuana is, um, you know, that she's a drinker. You know, she she is someone who is taking comfort uh, through chemicals, uh, through altered states. 
Um, and she tells Picard that she'll want anything to do with his quest, you know, and he's like, well, I need it. I need a ship. I need a pilot. I was really kind of hoping you could help me. You know, there's Romulan secret agents. You know, there, there's the Tal Shiar's here on Earth doing freaky shit. You need to jump in on this with me. And she's like, get the hell out of here, Picard. But I got a pilot for you. I'll hook you up. And so he leaves. Um, where do we go from there? We go. Do we go to Romulus? Is that where we land next? We, we on uh, the, the, the Romulan reclamation yes. side on the Borg ship. So, you know, uh, Narak, uh, his sister shows up, um, and she's back to being, having pointy ears, right? And, uh, long, dark Romulan hair. Um, and I gotta tell you, there seems to be, there is a brother-sister relationship here that I'm a little uncomfortable with. Like a Game of Thrones-ish relationship? Yeah, it's a very much a, uh, Jamie and Cersei kind of thing going on. But I think he's a reluctant Jamie. And she is a very interested Cersei. Um, I, I was really uncomfortable with how uh, intimate their brother-sister relationship is. I think it's intentional. Yeah, yeah. I just I didn't care for that. And it, we see more of that in, in, the, in the fourth episode. But, you know, in the third episode, you just kind of have hints that, you know... Uh, this isn't this isn't uh, how I would picture the brother sister relationships, and I made a note to self ask Paul because you know I know you've got a sister. Yeah, that's not how it goes. <laughs> well, I thought I'd check just to be on the yeah, same no, side. Yeah, no, just to clarify. No. All right, so you know he's still uh, you know checking on on uh, on uh, uh, Soji, you know. And, uh, you know, they, they, Soji and Hugh, and I gotta tell you that one of the things I find interesting about, uh, Star Trek Picard is it doesn't help you at all. You know, it doesn't say, Hey, you know, by the way, this guy over here was in an original next generation episode. He was that Borg called Hugh. They don't help you out with that at all. It's just, this guy's Hugh. He's working here. And that's it. I mean, you know, you, you, he doesn't, there's no mention of my friend Jordy, you know, uh, I talked to Data for a while. I mean, it, he, he just he is completely just anonymous. If you don't know Hugh, you're not going to know Hugh from this episode. No. Right? But, you know, he uh, he hooks Soji up with access to Ramda. And I got to tell you, I had to put on the closed captions to get her name spelled because I kept thinking they were calling her Ronda. But no, she's Ramda with an M. And she is a former uh, Borg drone who has been reclaimed. And uh, she's playing some sort of uh, little tarot solitaire game with uh, triangular-shaped cards. Um, and there is something interesting to me. Star Trek has always been a, a genre, uh, a, a, a type of storytelling that avoids anything mystical or supernatural. Anything that, is, that seems otherworldly is attributed to some other sort of science. And they, they're not... They're not leaning away from a very spiritual sort of uh, or mystical sort of interpretation around some of these things. Now, I think that explanation will come, and I have a theory around that. But, uh, you know, Ramda is, uh, you know, playing her her tarot cards, and and Soji is, is trying to connect with her. And, you know, starts talking about Romulan mythology, and Ramda explains to her that she doesn't like that term. And, you know, we, Soji discovers that what Ramda is building with her, you know, tarot solitaire deck is some sort of framework for uh, building a narrative for the reclaimed Romulan drones. And Ramda starts realizing that she recognizes Soji 
that she saw her from tomorrow in the future, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in some sort of future vision or something. That, and that Soji is the destroyer. Um, and I, I, my, my theory around that is that we know that the uh, Borg have experimented with time travel. We saw that in Star Trek First Contact, where they went uh, back into the past to uh, disrupt First Contact Day. Um, I think maybe they went to the future and they saw Soji in the future. I think that's what that is. I don't think she's actually, uh, you know, has some extrasensory perception where she is mystically or somehow psionically you know, reading the future. I think she's actually been there or the Borg had been there and she was uh, privy to that knowledge through the Borg collective. Very possible. I'm sure we'll that's what I think that is. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. Well, of course it makes sense, Paul. It's my theory. My theories always make sense. <laughs> I mean, your theories rarely make sense, but this one, <laughs> this one, a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So, you know, Ramda doesn't respond well to recognizing that Soji is the destroyer. She uh, pulls a uh, Romulan disruptor from uh, one of the guards and about to blow her head off. And Soji intervenes, saves her. And, uh, you know, everyone's alarmed. Um, so, scene. Um, meanwhile, back on Earth, uh, and, you know, stop me if I'm missing something important here, Paul, but Picard and uh, Dr. Gerardi, Dr. Gerardi comes to Picard's house <coughs> just as a, you know, comes in during a, an attack of the, uh, uh, what are they called? They're not the Tal Shiar, they are the... Uh, oh, yeah, the, the, the secret, 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 secret. Yeah, the triple secret police. The triple secret Romulan police are uh, are there and are trying to kill off everybody. You know, trying to kill off Shaban and Laris and Picard. And uh, So, can, can we pause here for a second? Sure. Because, you know, so the Tal Shiar, uh, you know, the, 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 there's the secret, secret, secret additional Tal Shiar that was established. And I don't recall the name of it, but, you know, what I, what I find interesting um, Zavash um, is the, is the, is the secret secret. So they're, they're attacked by members of the Zavash and Jaban and um, what's ever uh, uh, Laris Laris. Yeah. They, they kick ass. Yeah. I mean, they legit, kick ass right like they, they they protect picard while he's just like laying on the floor well he's old man picard yeah, he's old man you picard nee, nee. <laughs> and yet he's like oh yeah you guys stay I, i'm gonna catch you later um even though i would have been dead right now if it wasn't for you i don't need you on this mission i'm gonna take a bunch of people who don't know how to fight um, yeah. it's a space instead. I, I, I still find, and I know I harped on this last episode, I still find it ridiculous. And it was even more so ridiculous after watching that episode. And there, a little bit it was resolved in episode four, but still kind of in a stupid way. Um, that he was, that he, 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 he asks them to stay when clearly from a defense standpoint, from a fighting standpoint, he needed them. And they, they, yeah. they and their experience with the Tal Shiar and the Zad Vash. Um, yeah. You know, is invaluable. I so I, I, I I'm still struggling with the basics. It there. makes no sense. Yeah. I agree. It makes no sense. Well, and it says, you know, I think one of his points is that you know you're too close to me. I don't want to lose you. I'm going to take these people that I don't really care about and let them die. Uh, and one of those people is Dr. Agnes Gerardi, who shows up at the end of the big fight and shoots one of these guys in the back with his with his own gun, uh, which you know. 
seems a little strange to me that uh, that Dr. Gerardi got the drop on any of these guys, but okay. I'm uh, going to say she's evil. I think she might be. That's my theory. I think you're right. That's my yeah, theory. I, I don't think that you're probably wrong there. I think that uh, Dr. Agnes Gerardi is a little bit too good to be true. Agree. But, uh, you know, because she did get that visit from, Ad, from uh, Commodore O., who, uh, you know, seems to be a secret Romulan. Yeah. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden yeah. she just, you know, she's, it's, she's, she's bad. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, she's no, bad. I, I don't disagree. She's also kind of but, annoying, uh, but she's bad. And, but, but a little bit cute too. I mean, a little bit. She's a little cute. Oh. Um, so, uh, Picard and, uh, Gerardi beam up to the La Serena, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> literally leave like the dead Romulans in the house. Yeah, well, for for Jabon and Laris, to come yeah, out. like yeah. he's like, hey, we're ready, and they're just yeah. like standing there amongst the bodies of the the dead Romulans, and you know the one who melted on the carpet, right, right, yeah, uh, bye. So yeah, they, they they beam up to the La Serena, you know, Captain Rios's ship. Captain Rios is the guy that uh, uh, Rafi recommended, and who else is on the ship but Rafi? Because she's decided to come along for for a couple of reasons. One, she's been researching all this shit. And points out to Picard, you're bringing Agnes along, and you didn't have me check her out. And you know, I, I would, I, I really wish Picard would have said, "Hey, check your shit, lady. I didn't know you were coming. Why would I have had you check out anybody? I didn't know you were coming. Yeah, you didn't want anything to do with me, lady. Lady. Yeah, that's what I would have gotten into. But, but that's that's why friends don't come along with me on these kind of quests. Mm. You know, I feel like if you invited yeah. me on a quest, it would go better. Yeah. Well. Well. Okay. I'll do that next time. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Mm. So uh, uh, they all decide, you know, well, this is great. Uh, we're all going to go, you know, on our Star Trek mission together. Engage. Um, and, you know, cue, cue up the next generation fanfare theme. And we're off into hyperspace. Warp space. Sorry. Wrong. Wrong. Uh, wrong, wrong Oof. <laughs> Ooh, Aaron wrong made brand. that mistake. Not me. <laughs> so I, I really do feel like these th- first three episodes go together really well. They are very much... Uh, you know, one story. Uh, I would love to see them all edited together. I want to see the edit that the people at the premiere saw. Yeah, because I, really I will say, I, I feel like them. separately, it was less effective. I feel like um, had this been combined into one feature length episode of two hours, I, I feel like I would have less qualms with the pacing of it. But essentially, everything happened in the first episode. And the next well, two episodes were a bit of navel gazing. It, 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 Three tenths of our series. Almost 30%, because it's 10 episodes, right? Yeah. 30% yeah, yeah. of our series was spent, like, starting the series. Yeah. That, that, you know, that's Brian Michael Bendis storytelling right there, and I'm not a fan of it. But I thought it worked here. You know, but I, but I agree. I think these, these three episodes work best viewed in total, uh, not episodically week over week. Um, you know, I say this as a guy who's watched each of these at least twice, Um I, ju- I I really w- think that CBS All Access might have been better off releasing that uh, that that movie cut. Yeah, even if they delay, because I, I understand that you know they're trying to get a full ten weeks out of it, right? But even if they had just delayed two weeks and released it, yeah. you know, and then released all three separately, like here's the extended versions of the episodes, you know, yeah. that aren't. I do hope they somehow make that available to us because uh, I I've heard several people talk about it and you know how effective it was. So, but hey, Paul, we're in episode four now, and episode four brings the Frakes, Paul. Jonathan Frakes directs this episode and the next, by the way. 
Uh, oh, Jonathan Frakes is, started this. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, if you would have said that uh, Jonathan Frakes was going to direct an episode of Lord of the Rings, I never would have believed you. Uh, but yet he does, because we're off to Rivendell in uh, this episode of Star Trek Picard, episode four, uh, where, you know, we our, our uh, pre-credits flashback has us on the planet Vashti. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, and it's 14 years ago. Everything has a Vash in it. Yeah. In, the, in this. Uh, where Captain Picard is wearing his and this the 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 white suit that he wears with his you know broad brimmed hat reminds me so much of a story of the X-Men um <laughs> from from way back in the day where uh, Professor Xavier's still walking around and he's he is in this psionic war with this guy I want to say in Africa uh but it it reminds me so much of Professor X in that issue and of course Patrick Stewart played Professor X in the X-Men movies. Uh, it was just, it was so evocative of, of that book to me. Uh, but anyway, uh, we, he, he, this is a planet that he has helped settle with Romulan refugees from the supernova. And on this planet is a sisterhood of assassin nuns, as all nuns are. Just saying. If the there's a nun, she's an assassin. Uh, but these are a, a group of assassin nuns who have adopted the the uh, philosophy of absolute candor. So they're not there's no bullshitting with these nuns. They're going to tell you exactly how they see it, and they will only pledge themselves to you if your cause is worthy. And on this planet, there is a little elfin child uh, uh, named uh, Elron. I'm sorry, Elnor. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, did you not get a Rivendell feel out of this? Oh, I did, I did, I did. Because I was like, fuck, man. I mean, how Lord is there? I mean, and they're walking around with metal swords. I mean, it just seemed very, uh, very Peter Jackson to me. Um, That said, I enjoyed it a great deal. Did you really? I did. We'll we'll get there. I did. Um, He, uh, you know, we we see this this society that, that he's working with, and he's working very collaboratively with these assassin nuns to uh, help uh, relocate you know, Romulan survivors when he gets the hail from Rafi up in space saying, hey, shit just happened on Mars. We got to get back to Starfleet. And so that's the last time that he was there on the planet, I want to say Vashti, uh, where he was with the assassin nuns and this his ward almost, uh, Elnor, who, uh, you know, a little boy who, you know, they're trying to find a better place for him because he really shouldn't be living in the sisterhood. He should be off with, with men himself. So after credits, we are back in uh, space and uh, we are arriving at Vashti because we had to make that, that, that uh, you know, pit stop. We had to make a detour that Rafi's unhappy about that they're making this detour because they needed to get to Free Cloud, which is where she wants to go for some reason. Undisclosed. But, uh, yeah, but they have to go to Vashti because, you know, Picard needs some muscle and he's hoping that one of these assassin nuns will come with him. Long story short, he gets down to the planet, finds out shit has gone way south since he was there 14 years ago. Lots of ethnic strife. It is not nearly as prosperous as it used to be. A lot of, uh, you know, uh, this th- this place for Romulans only, you know, you dirty, round-eared people, you go somewhere else kinds of signs. Um, and he, but he goes and he, he sees his friend there at the, at the nunnery and, you know, they, they make a good connection and in comes Elrod, I'm sorry, Elnor, 
uh, who, who's, who's now a, a grown fucking Romulan swinging a sword. Uh, you know, you got getting some definite Orlando Bloom vibes here. Um, I don't know if you did, Paul. Yeah, but, I mean, I, uh, I definitely. Know. I mean, the, the similar acting style, similar look to the character, tall, long hair. Yeah, I uh-huh. could see that. Yeah, and so we have to uh, we have to sit down and have our big ring council so that uh, somebody can pledge their sword uh, to Picard's quest. And uh, yeah, I think we'll shortcut some of this on this on this one because I know we're going a little bit long. But Elnor decides to come along, and Elnor decides to come along not because he likes Picard anymore, because he loved Picard back in the day, but Picard abandoned him, and so now he's got daddy issues with Picard. Um, but, uh, he realizes that Picard's cause is hopeless and, uh, that, you know, and because it's a hopeless cause, because it's a lost cause, it's a worthy cause and worthy of his sword. And we, we get to see Elnor in action uh, because this guy calls Picard out and, uh, is going to slice and dice Picard, but instead winds up sliced and diced himself by Elnor. And of course, Picard gets all unhappy about that because you know he doesn't want any any, any killing on his watch. Yeah. So tell me what you thought of Elnor, Paul. Uh, I mean, so Elnor uh, remains to be seen, right? Uh, right now, he's just a very um, static character without a lot of personality. The, again, kind of like um, Elrod, Elrod, Eldor, whatever the hell. <laughs> um, now you've got me all confused. I know, right? <laughs> what is what is you know my point? Um, kind of like the Orlando Bloom character. I, I get the analogy um, or the comparison. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Uh, you know, I, I felt I struggled with episode four. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna be honest. Um, I'm struggling to connect with this show because I'm struggling to connect with any of the characters, even Picard. Uh, you know, well, I, and I'll, I'll I'll admit that I'm having some problems with Picard that he allowed himself to wallow in self pity for 14 years, and clearly let so many people down. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. Data's been dead for 30 years almost at the time of the show. Yeah, and he's you know all of a sudden now it's like the most important thing, and he's willing to do whatever it takes to do it, you know, including bringing this child that he used to care about on the mission with him. Uh, it just uh, like it doesn't ring true to the character for me. Um, but again, you know, but it's not just Picard that I have an issue with. the The captain of the vessel, whose name I don't know, Rios. Rios. Um, yeah. You know, he has. Um, He's Captain Cristobal Rios, Paul. <laughs> but he's got, you know, he, he, he's he got, uh, you know, a hologram on board that's basically a mirror image of well, him. Well, he has many holograms on board. He has an emergency medical hologram. But they're all him. He's got an emer- right. He's got an, but they're different versions. Different of versions of so him. He's got an emergency navigational hologram, an emergency hospitality program, an emergency tactical program. Those are the four that we've seen so yeah. far. But I, I, I struggle with that because I feel like I get confused. Um, there's not enough differentiation in the view of the, in the actor or in the clothing for me that sometimes I actually get turned and I'm, I'm pretty good about following stuff. Um, but I, sometimes I get turned around in a scene and I'm like, hold on. Oh, it must be a new, new hologram, um, that we haven't like, I don't know why they wouldn't have just gotten a second actor. Like that just feels like a fake reason to put a special effect in. Um, I, I would have much rather had a different actor in that role. I really bumped on, um, uh... Picard being motivated by, uh, you know, going out to save Data's daughter, yeah. right? But not having been motivated to go out and save Elnor. Um, per, you know, and Elnor says to him, you know, oh, so 
you go and help the android's daughter, who is also an android, but you didn't come back for me. And Picard gives him this really lame excuse saying, well, I really thought the sisters were going to take care of that. Mm-hmm. And that's not what he thought. You know, because he he told – I mean, that's a lie. Um, because earlier in the episode, he told the sister, we'll find something for him. He doesn't say, you'll find something for him. He says, we'll find something for him. So, you know, he Picard's a liar. Yeah. And that's what I've got a problem with. And it's not that he is a fallible character. I'm fine with that. That's certainly not the Picard that we know. Someone who would – now that he has sort of reawakened, I would think he'd be a little bit more honest about that. Yeah, I was disappointed that he wasn't. Yeah, I, for me, I feel like the story has not progressed enough. Um, is is just in general, like I, I'm struggling to connect with the characters. I'm struggling that the story is four episodes in, and really, you know, I, I thought at the end of the third episode we were just getting started. Well, now it feels like, oh wait, hold on. Now at the fourth episode, the the, the gang's back together, and maybe in episode five the story can actually begin. And I feel like that, that like, I hate that I feel that way about it, but it, I, I will say that is how I feel about it. I feel like the story has not progressed enough in four, four episodes of a 10 episode series beyond setup. Well, I, I don't, I'm not feeling that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, I feel like now that the band is together, the way seven of nine gets introduced where she just shows up, uh, was not, at nearly as well written as the rest of the shows have been. I am hoping that that's explained in the next episode. Like maybe she was too, following because... him or something. Cause how randomly out of every planet in the universe, she just happened to be at that one. No, there, yeah, there's gotta I be mean, more to you it. You know, space is really big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that really bugged me at the end of the episode where seven just, you know, shows up out of nowhere to save the day. But I will say the special effects scenes with the old Romulan bird of prey was pretty damn hot. I really enjoyed the space fight. Yeah, I did uh, too. There. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I think we can, th- this, we can actually cut this one pretty short, Paul, but I think that we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the very Jamie Cersei sort of scene in the bed with Nick in the and bed. His, it, with his Romulan sister, where she, I mean, she, she is, a little bit more intimate with him than uh, than I am really comfortable with. Certainly more intimate uh, than I am with my sister. Yeah, I that was. Uh, I mean, man, you know. And then she almost chokes him out. Yeah, uh, because he he's not he's not moving rapidly enough. But you know, she, she had already you know. Ooh, I can smell the sex of the android on you. You know, which is just a weird thing to say to anybody. <laughs> I uh, smell yeah, all the time. I, do you, do you, Paul? Sometimes uh, I walk into sometimes I walk into work and it just smells like android <laughs> sex all over the place. It smells like androids have been fucking in here. Uh, That's how I. Eh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Apparently, you have a clean working environment. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't talk about android sex at work. I, I can I can admit that. I can reveal that about my workspace. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it it it, it seems. I, I feel like you know the writers want want to show us that to just make us all kind of squirm a little bit, uh, but man, I, 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 I ju- that just seems really weird to me. And you know what is that saying about Romulan culture? I don't know. I, guess, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, Paul, what am I what am I missing on this one? I think that's pretty much everything. Other other than that, you know, the, there was a, a little bit of a, a sweet scene with them like ice skating in the ventilation shaft or some nonsense on the Borg ship in their socks. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that you missed it other than, you know, the fact that it was kind of a silly scene. Uh, and I, I am being harsh on this episode because I will say uh, out of the four, this was my least favorite episode. But, you know, I'm still sticking around clearly because I'm on a Star Trek podcast. Uh, <laughs> Um, but also, well, your contract, because, I won't let you out of the contract, yeah. Paul. But also, um, we have Seven of Nine coming in next week's episode. And, I'm looking forward to that. And God damn it, at some point, we'll get that cameo from Riker that they've been teasing us with. You know that's probably like yeah. the concluding scene of, of episode 10. Um, because, yeah, you know, it, it's like that one thing that they keep advertising, like, coming up next on the news. And it's the right. one thing you want to see, but it's literally the last story and it's 30 seconds long. Right. That's what I'm waiting right, right. for. Right. Yeah, they told you everything that they were going to tell you in the uh, teaser for what they're for what they're going to tell. Yeah, it's no good, Paul. Um, I really enjoyed this this episode's pacing. I thought that it, I thought it was really well paced. Uh, I, Jonathan Frakes did a great job directing this episode. I could really tell. Not that I didn't enjoy the Hanley epi- uh, directed episodes, but uh, I, I, Jonathan Frakes just has such an eye for for Star Trek action, and uh, I thought he did just a remarkable job on this episode. Well, so. I guess we'll see. Next week's episode looks like they go um, undercover on a casino planet, you know, very much like because that worked out so well for Star Wars The Last Jedi. Yeah, 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 we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. But everyone gets in their costumes. Um, Oh, one thing we did miss, because I do want to call this out, is that um, and and then we'll we'll wrap this up, I promise, because we are going along. Um, the, The ship design is very, very different. Yes. Um, you know, the, 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 um, La Serena. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the bridge is, is so open. Um, you know, yeah. it, it, it has kind of a cold feel to it. Like it doesn't have the, you know, it doesn't feel like one tight room, like, um, you know, like right. the rest of the bridges we're used to. Also Picard's, uh, quarters are essentially a holodeck. Um, recreating his his office or his home, um, yeah, his, on, study. his study on on Earth, which I, th- I I actually don't mind that. Um, but I don't know, like for me, it, it, it that especially misses the, and maybe that's the point, right? It, it misses the feel you get from being on a ship in the Star Trek universe that you enjoy. You enjoy seeing the quarters. You enjoy that aspect of it because it has, you know, it feels like Star Trek. And so I thought that was an interesting choice. But we'll see how it goes. Well, it- it felt very Star Trek to me in that they were reusing a set. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I kept expecting that when they'd walk out of there, like, you know, they'd, that it would revert back to the holodeck grid, right? Yeah. And I, 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 I can see how, how that would make sense to do that. Uh, cause it seems like that would be space saving, right? But, uh, it also seems like a, that would use a tremendous amount of power. Um, I understand why it's a different design of the ship because it's not a Starfleet ship. It's a merchant trader. Um, you know, so it makes sense that it would have a different type of desi- design and aesthetic, but it does bother me that the design is not altogether unlike the Rosinante in the expanse. And I kind of hate that design. Uh, though I do like the, the little cockpit area that uh, Rios has there on the La Serena. Yeah, I will say when when filmed from behind the crew, I actually yeah. quite like the look of the bridge. Yeah, it's the open area behind. It's the it. open area behind them that I struggle yeah. with because that just feels too much. Like, wait, there. That's like, it's a small ship. <laughs> like, it yeah. should feel a little smaller yeah. than that. Um, yeah. But you know, 
I, I, I don't want to complain anymore. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on board. I want to see what happens next week. Uh, and I'm I'm curious where the mystery goes and we want to hear from you guys. You can hit us up on our social media feeds. Um, let us know your thoughts about the third and fourth episodes of Star Trek Picard. Um, we are IOM geek on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you, we also have a hotline number that you can reach us and leave a voicemail that'll be featured on a future episode. 972-763-5903. 972-763-5903. That number, once again, 972-763-5903. And if we use your voicemail on the show, you'll win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. You still got time. You could go out there and send me a Valentine. Oh, I'm on it. I'm on it. And, and you Get guys, make sure to leave us a, vo- a voicemail. You'll be internet famous. Wildly internet famous. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it'll be redonk. Redonk. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we will talk bye. to you guys next week. Uh, oh, well, Aaron already said bye. Okay, we're out of here. <laughs> <laughs> next week, Star Trek Picard, episode five. Catch you guys then. Woo. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972 763 5903. Tribble wrangling provided by Triskelion Trays. No troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade. 